Hawks Madness. Doing it again, and we're do back to the actual. We're back to the actual. Uh, the actual Marxists, guys. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do Nathan and David's bad tour of history this time again. <laughs> Armchair history. Armchair backwards history. We've we've brought a we've brought <laughs> a pyramid lamp into the into the cave to really really attune our chakras. Mo- most people have a timeline. We have a time map, and we still didn't take it yeah, that deep. No, not even a little <laughs> bit. No, I shoved all that information into my brain, and I just word vomited as much of it as I could remember at you. If you want the actual sources, you can go find them. I cited them, and I just I got surprised. I got a little bit surprised. I, I knew Nathan wanted to, to, Ooh, to learn. Yeah, no, I sprung this on painter. I didn't know what was going game. on, so I, I just kind of sat there like cocked and ready to go. Ooh, I have a point. Yeah. No, and, it was. Uh, speaking of me being surprised, we're getting back to Lenin. <laughs> and we're getting back to Lenin's on the Paris Commune. The, the Paris Commune writing that I, I mentioned, I read, that I thought was so much better than Marx's, is so good, so clear. It is actually a collection of Lenin's, all Lenin's works that reference the Paris Commune over the years. It is called On the Paris Commune. There is a copy in the UMSL library for anyone who's curious and hanging around uh, that, that you know, Ferguson-Normandy area. Uh, they do let anyone in, but only students can check out the book. So just go down to the basement and read it. And, 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 and it's in the Little in. Lenin Library, Volume 5. Yeah, Little Lenin Library, Volume <laughs> Which is go. the cutest name for the Lenin life. I, I love it. It's, it's adorable. Uh, that said, Nathan also sprung this on me, and as much as I love that work, um, and it, it meant uh, a lot as far as like me diving into Lenin, um, I I haven't read in a couple years, so let's 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 <laughs> so, see how well my, my memory's not good. Let's see how well that jogs. Very interesting. This book was published copyright. Uh, this collection of Lenin on the Paris Commune, 1934 in New York. Mm. That's an interesting time. That is yeah. an interesting... Uh, that book would not have gotten published in 1964. No. That is interesting, and it's a good thing that I could only find a PDF version of it wild in the backwoods of the internet, because I'm <laughs> not like this needs published or anything like that. So, uh, this was going to be a little bit uh, a little bit scattershot, because we're going through a whole work. Again, I have not any... A large chunk of this work is literally chapter three of uh, State and Revolution, so obviously yeah. we're not going to do that part. No, we're going to go up to that part. We're going to go up to that part. Well, Nathan's going to go up to that part. I'm going to And David's going to strap in yeah. and be along for the ride, because he's no right. idea where we're going. Welcome. Uh, so, the beginning is a quote. This is a quote from, I believe... Yes, this is a quote from, from Lenin. Uh, the proletarians of Paris, in the midst of the defeats and betrayals of the ruling class, have come to understand that they must save the situation by taking the conduct of public affairs into their own hands. They have realized that it is their highest duty and their absolute right to make themselves the masters of their own fate and seize the power of the government. So in one half little paragraph right there, um, the they just said way better than I did in that last hour yeah. why the commune is important. Um, yeah. There it is, guys. That's why the commune is important. It, it was the people finally realizing we need our government and not in the bullshit, American Revolution, it's for the people. No, no. This one was actually yeah. for the people. It was kind of cool. Yeah, we, we the people never defines the people. Lenin goes, well, the inherent idea of the people, meaning everyone, especially the working class people, they need to take it into their hands. They don't want some, some you know, ruling class guy going, you know, I'm one of you. They went, fuck it, let's just drive this damn thing. And this whole part is from the, the introduction to the work. So again, this is not Lenin himself. Um, so this next part, again, is just not, just for, for comparison, I will, I will mention when Lenin is coming here, this is not him. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the great, great phrases, and Marx used this when he was describing the commune, um, was that the communards were essentially trying to storm heaven. Um, and, and he said that for a couple different reasons. One, that it was, it, one, he, he thought it was noble. Two, he recognized full on, and he told them this, we're going to get to this as we go, Marx told the, frankly, if you try and rise up against the government, it will end poorly. You will die. You will <laughs> yeah. die. Everyone will die. Don't do this. Please don't do this. Yeah. Now, but Lenin will touch on, as soon as they did, Marx didn't go, I told yes, you so. That, and there, he there went, went, I'm fucking here for exactly. you. Exactly. Which is why Marx is the best. But, uh, so the historian and fighter in the commune, Liz Gary, he was one of the few guys that actually survived the commune and then wrote about it, um, reproached the leaders of the commune for failing to understand that the commune was a barricade and not a government office. Um, this, again, we talked about last time. They kind of jumped into the, hey, we won, let's start our government, instead of the, hey, oh, fuck, they're going to come kill us, we got to stop, we got we to survive, we got to live to do the fun thing. Yeah. Um, and this, again, is the first roadmap. So the Soviets, you better believe, learned from that mistake mm-hmm. and took it and knew next time we will not do that. And it, it informs how that went forward. Um, 
<laughs> the Paris proletariat was still too immersed in the deep-rooted traditions of the petty bourgeois democratic utopianism, which corresponded to the predominance of small artisan industry and in the patriotic illusions inherited from the great bourgeois revolution of the 18th century and the period of the Jacobin dictatorship. Yeah. Uh, again, when we talk, the French Revolution was revolutionary in terms of getting rid of a monarch. It was not socialist. It was not left. It was neoliberal at its core. And this was still the mindset that the French proletariat had at that time. Mm -hmm. This is how they viewed themselves. This is how they were. And so getting them more, the, the commune significantly shifted that because it was a radicalizing moment. They, yeah, they, they, they were still very much in the sense of uh, what we would call in America patriotic. Yes, they had not and, yet realized the class nature. Of and this. that was that was a, a huge weakness. Yeah, going in. Yeah, the decisive lesson of the commune, surpassing all others in significance and including them all in itself, was the concrete formulation of the content of the dictatorship of the proletariat. In his Civil War in France, which we've referenced, mm -hmm. and in the 18th Brumaire, which we've referenced, yes. Marx drew from the experiences of the June Uprising the conclusion that the next step of the French Revolution would consist in no longer, as hitherto, the transference of, bureaucratic of the bureaucratic military machine from one hand to another, but its destruction. If you can't tell, I read this before we started talking about last episode. <laughs> yeah, important. By what should the annihilated bourgeois machinery of the state be replaced? That sentence is stupid, and I had to do, like, two edits to get it right, so you're welcome, people. This question, which was decisive for the further development of the proletarian revolution, was answered by Marx in the Communist Manifesto, still more or less abstractly. The bourgeois state was to be replaced by the state of the proletariat organized as the ruling class. When people say that Marx... When a common criticism of Marx comes up that, I uh, he didn't really know what he was doing, it was just this vague platitudes, they're referencing that and if, if, if Marx stopped at that point, they might have been right. Unfortunately, like eight years later, before anything of that happened, he corrected himself. And you guys are living in 2019. God damn it. Go read the book. He wrote it like two years later. It's still there. Um, in the class struggle on, for, in France, on the basis of the June lessons, Marx formulated the battle cries, down with the bourgeoisie, dictatorship of the working class. In the 18th Brumaire, he made these watchwords concrete through the slogan, break up the bureaucratic and military machine of the bourgeoisie. But these words took on flesh and blood for the first time in the commune and came into being as concrete reality. The commune was the political form at last discovered under which to work out the economic emancipation of labor. And as Ingalls added the comment, well and good, gentlemen, do you want to know what the dictatorship of the proletarian looks like? Look at the Paris commune. That was the dictatorship of the proletariat. Mm -hmm. Paris Commune is super important. <laughs> I, I cannot, I'm mad at myself that until two weeks ago, I didn't, I, the fact that I was allowed to do this entire podcast where we talked about capital and then I, I was kind of talking about Marxist shit and I didn't fucking know the Paris Commune and how fucking important it was makes me mad as a person and I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm. I. I will be my. I will self-crit. I am going to penance myself. I'm going to stand out on the corner with a sign and just says Paris Commune and a link to the Wikipedia article or something. I don't know. I'll find a better way. Wikipedia. I know. I got. I don't. I got. I got to do something. I, I don't. I'll, but I'll find a way. Um. I. I will atone. But this was bad. Um. So moving in, this is now, now we're out of the instruction, we're into actual Lenin, Lenin mm -hmm. work. So this is, in the memory of the commune, this was written in Robotia Gazeta, number four and five, numbers four and five, April 28th, 1911. So again, for context, this is about six years before the October Revolution. Yeah, but um, also about six years after the 1905 Revolution. Yes, and Marx, yeah, Lenin will, Lenin will reference that as we go here. The other thing is, is again, you think of the time frame here. The, the Paris Commune was 1871. Mm -hmm. This is, what do we say just now, 1911? I mean, this is... 40 years. 40 years. I mean, this is l less time than Vietnam. Like, this is very much mm -hmm. current history for... for, for yeah, I mean, we feel like both this. are ancient, partly because they're they're understudying their way over in Europe, and partly because it's been, you know, over 100 years yeah. from these things. Uh, but this was... Uh, yeah, I mean, this was basically like something that happened in the 80s. This to was them. I mean, yeah, this is. Shit, the, well, no, yeah, the 80s. Not late 80s. I mean, yeah, like late 80s. The, 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 first, the first Iraq War. 
I mean, this yeah. it's almost that level of it's almost it's like the Gulf War is almost that level. Yeah, I mean this this was like you know MC Hammer was about to come out. You know, uh, it's, <laughs> this has been five minutes of Nathan and David trying to figure out how long ago time was. <laughs> Welcome. Um, Forty years have passed. Oh my God, it was the first fucking sentence. God damn it! All right, all right. I'm not gonna edit it out because I deserve it. But God damn it! Ah! Oh, that was Fuck wonderful. You, Lennon. That was wonderful. Damn it! Don't ever assume there's a stone unturned no, by Lennon. No, 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 no. And don't ever assume that we're prepared. If you think this is prepped, you lies, lies and slander. Well, I hope to God they've not figured ah, it out no, by now. Yeah, if it took this long. Forty years have passed since the proclamation of the Paris Commune. According to the established custom, the French proletariat have, has honored the memory of the revolutionary workers of March 18, 1871, by meetings and demonstrations. At the end of May, they will bring again wreaths to the tombs of the communards. Again, gotta get up with a better word, guys. Gotta get a better word. That's not a good word. Who were shot, the victims of the dreadful May week, and over their graves, they will once more take the oath to fight untiringly until their ideas have been fully conquered, until their cause has been completely victorious. So again. This was recent to them, this was real to them, and this was still something that they believed in 40 years later. This was not... They, they oh. mourned that shit, you yes. know, I mean, and, 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 I mean, let's be very clear, too, that, that was, I think it was a, it, what did they call it, a bloody week there or something? Like uh, uh, May week. Is what May week it. is what they called it. Um, it, I mean, it, it was a week, and there were, and the numbers aren't exact, there's debates over it, yes. but there were thousands of people just... That much is not disputable. Thousands, just, thousands, just thousands. Thousands just lined up and formally executed, and this was just pure bloodlust payback. How dare you do this? They, Don't you ever do this again. This is what happens to people that cross the ruling class. 1848, the revolution, all of those revolutions in Paris, where they had the barricades, and they're marching, mm-hmm. and there's fighting for... I mean, it was, this was months, 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 months unquestionably, at least, at minimum, double, some references up to five to ten times as many people died in the commune than died during that entire revolution. Yeah. In a week. It was it was a massacre by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but why does the proletariat, not only in France, but throughout the entire world, honor the workers of the Paris commune as their forerunners? What was the heritage of the commune? Uh, this is also really interesting to me because I feel like, I guess because the Soviets just are a more complete version it gets wiped, but it, it, that that whole comment. Why do entire why do workers of the world, you know, honor the commune? It does not. It has been very thoroughly quashed out of everything else now because it's not brought up enough. I don't think, and I think that's. Um, well, I mean, let's be local. We're in we're in America. We but, are in America. And while the center of May Day and the reason it was in May was from the Haymarket affair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, May Day is is a workers' day around the world. Yep. And it's three components. The first one's a Haymarket affair. Uh, the second one uh, was the the Paris Commune. And I'm trying to think what the third one is. It was three three worker events in May that that made it kind made, of honored. That, and in America, they literally made Labor Day, oh, so they can take May Day, take it away from the workers. This nice handed government thing. Shoved it all the way into the fall, so we don't know about May Day, even though the main event May Day was made around was in Chicago. <laughs> uh, and and now it's some patriotic bullshit. Honestly, I just kind of was, for a long time I just assumed it was Toyota Thon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just. They, they're going to change it any day now to not calling it Labor Day and just call it Toyota Thon. It's, it's just, it's it's the other Memorial Day. And if you point really out it's is. not Memorial Day, they'd be like, what, the tree one? Yeah. Like, I mean, people just. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just it, Labor Day is completely. Di- uh, just it's very funny how many people disrespected, and that's a, a job to take away from May Day. Yeah. But May Day was part of respecting the that. commune. Yeah, yeah. So the commune broke out spontaneously. No one consciously prepared it in an organized way. The unsuccessful war with Germany, uh, privations during the siege, unemployment among the proletariat, and ruin among the petty bourgeois, the indignation of the masses against the upper classes and against the authorities who have displayed their complete incapacity, a riotous fermentation in the ranks of the working class, which was disconnected with its lot and was striving towards a different social system, semicolon, the reactionary makeup of the National Assembly, which roused fears as to the fate of the Republic, hyphen, all this and many other things combined to drive the population of Paris to the revolution on March 18th, which unexpectedly placed power in the hands of the National Guard, comma, in the hands of the working class and the petty bourgeois, which had joined in with it. God, Lennon, get an editor. Christ, that was all one sentence. There were three semicolons in there. What are you doing, man? You mad lad. Woo! All right, moving on. 
At the first, this movement was extremely in We're skipping a couple paragraphs. At first, this movement was extremely indefinite and confused. It was joined by patriots who hoped that the commune would renew the war with the Germans. So again, already not a pure thing. There's a lot of groups in here. Yeah. And bring it to its successful conclusion. It was supported by small shopkeepers who were threatened with ruin unless there was a postponement of the payments of debt and rent that the government would not give them and the commune did. We talked about that last time. Again, mm -hmm. so factor. Finally, it had at first the sympathy of the bourgeois Republicans, not, again, Republicans as in they won a parliament, they're liberals back then. Yeah, the, the yeah, actual but, term Republican, not yeah. the not the American fa extra fascist yeah, fascist party. Fascist. Uh, but but we're talking like it, it believes in a republic, you know. I mean, that can take on anything from like very liberal people in France who wanted a republic instead of a monarchy to you know uh, socialist um, uh, anti-imperialist fighters in Ireland who won an Irish republic mm. instead of you know being subject to England. Republican just literally means believers in a republic. republic. So finally, it had the sympathy of the bourgeois republicans who feared that the reactionary National Assembly would restore the monarchy. But the chief role in this movement was, of course, played by the workers, especially the artisans of Paris, among whom socialist propaganda had been energetically carried on during the last years of the Second Empire, and many of whom even belonged to the First International. Again, many is a little bit of a stretch. They definitely were, members of the International were definitely a minority in the commune by, by just pure facts, yeah. but they definitely had an influence. And again, I think that, I really like that whole section because I think that shows every revolution is going to be made up with that kind of a... Oh, yeah. Hodgepodge. There is not going to be... The, 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 the October Revolution was definitely not made up of 100% pure Bolsheviks. Let's no, go. no. There I mean, always Lenin, a mix. Lenin was very, very, very open about the opportunism in the SRs and how they lost the peasants because of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, the October Revolution was left SRs. Yep. Uh, that got there from the February Revolution. You better believe the February Revolution was a hodgepodge of Mensheviks, left SRs, right SRs, uh, um, cadets, uh, Bolsheviks. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Everybody. You know. everybody. And again, that's important because that's something to real. Again, when you want to talk about materialism, you want to talk about how this is going to happen. It's not just going to be a whole party of like everyone that all thinks exactly no, like no. you. There's going to be a lot of. And the commune was the first example. And right. It's not like the FRSO is just going to wake up and do the revolution by themselves. Exactly. <laughs> like everybody's going to get. You know, you're going to have people like the 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 indigenous anarchists and and the IWOC. Uh, in the, the prisons, and you're going to have, you know, um, people from, from parties like, you know, FRSO type things, and you're going to have There's the move, movement. There'll be some DSA folks that hang out. Yeah, there'll be some DSA folks hanging around. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you're, you're going to have all that. You're going to have, you know, just, just anti-war liberals that are just tired of a war. You're, I mean, I, I think, it, did I mention Movement of Black Lives? That You're going to have that. Uh, Movement of Black Lives. Better, yeah, I mean, double, double that. Double that. that. You know, I mean, you're going to have the, the new Black Panther Party that's just kind of, you know, technically not organized and hiding underneath for safety, you know, rising up because I'm, I'm sure there's some organizers that still carry that on. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to have everything. You're going to have the, the food, not bombs people. You're going to have, uh, black socialists of America don't get to come. No, they don't get to come. They don't get to come. Uh, <laughs> not uh, actually black socialists. You're allowed to come. I'm talking about that stupid psyop Twitter account. They it's don't get to it's come. two people. Fuck them. They don't get to come. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have uh, Catholic workers. You're going to have, I mean, they, you know, they, they don't accidentally jump in and, and with bolt cutters and turn off, you know, oil pipelines. I mean, it, it's going to be everybody, you know, you're going to punk rock kids. A lot of punk rock kids are going to show up. Yeah. Uh, before we all are drowned out to death by, by Uber, you know, I mean, there's probably going to be like cab union drivers, you know, that, that'll uh, oh, I think have the a Uber guys will come help us too at this point. I think they'll realize they're yeah. fucked. <laughs> if anyone acutely realizes how fucked they are, it's Uber drivers at this Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. You know, I mean, and you'll have that. You'll have the Amazon workers. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be just a hodgepodge. Oh, yeah. Deserted by their allies of yesterday and supported by no one, the commune was doomed to inevitable. It, it, that was just the reality. Everyone kind of knew it. This isn't, that's not mm -hmm. hindsight's 2020. They, they kind of all knew. Yeah, I mean, and, and then there is some inevitability that, like, even if they took the bank and stormed Versailles, they, they maybe still die because Prussia just goes, fuck you guys. The entire bourgeoisie of France, all the landlords, the stockbrokers, the factory owners, all the great and small robbers, all the exploiters combined against it. The bourgeois coalition supported by Bismarck, who released 
100,000 French soldiers who had been taken prisoner to put down revolutionary Paris, mm-hmm. succeeded in rousing the backward peasants and the petty bourgeois of the provinces against the proletariat of Paris. So again, just pe- the peasants, just theoretically, should be allies, should be... should t- No, not, uh, not necessarily. You can't assume based on any demographics, that a group of people is going to support a certain thing they, or yeah, another. Yeah, people who aren't ruling class are going to have to, to be given class consciousness and radicalized yes. And, yes. and be on your side. And, and there can be class traitors in the ruling class, but you know most of them are going to be against you. Um, so you can't assume mo- monoliths. No. Uh, and you certainly can't assume... Good or bad, you can't assume monoliths. Good, and, and you certainly, while, while you, you need to recognize the system, you need to recognize, well, maybe not monolith, but the majority, I mean, you certainly should be suspicious of ruling class people. Um even the people that will be in a group that's demographically on your side, you're going to have to teach them. You're going to have to radicalize them. You're going to have to rally them on your side. You're going to have to earn their trust. You can teach them and they could know you have the same class collusion, but if they don't feel like they can trust you, why are they going to fight by you? Speaking of the devil, for the victory of the social revolution, at least two conditions are necessary. A high development of productive forces and the preparedness of the proletariat. Mm -hmm. In 1871, both of these conditions were absent. French capitalism was still hot, slightly developed, and France was at that time mainly a country of petty bourgeois artisans, peasants, and shopkeepers. Yeah, I mean, France, again, you know, it, most of its industrialization was in Paris. Paris was a very industrial town, but France as a whole was not industrialized, very agrarian. And um, but that was ahead of everyone else. Most of Europe wasn't all that industrial. It was basically England and, and even Paris. The industrialization in Paris was markedly different than the industrialization you read about in Capital. When you imagine the, the factories of Manchester and all of that, this is yeah. not. Again, it no. was artisans, peasants, and shopkeepers. It was very decentralized. It was not that monoliths of steel that churn people up and spit them out kind of yeah. industrialization. Um, on the other hand, there was no workers' party, there was no preparedness, and no long training of the working class, which, in the mass, did not even clearly visualize its tasks and its methods for fulfilling them. There were no serious political organizations of the proletariat, no strong trade unions, and no cooperative societies. So again... Things that obviously they took as very real failings of, of the commune. Okay, you can very clearly see that they had a plan for this by the time they got to 1917. That they knew what they were doing. And this is why we need to look to the, the Soviet Union all these and every other mm-hmm. actual socialist revolution. And stop trying to say that they weren't socialist and go, no, they absolutely were where what what did they what could we learn how can we do it how can we better how can yeah. we get forward yeah instead of saying like they aren't socialists say why aren't they what i expect socialism to be what am yeah. i missing why did they do this and when you read this work you get oh because they learned this exactly from the commune and they learned what the commune did right maybe that's something you don't think is socialist but the commune did it organically and they went holy fuck that's right uh, and they learned what the commune did wrong and they didn't want to die and look how forward this jumped it i mean the commune you're going to say, oh, well, they weren't... Again, the kind of criticism, it's very hilarious. And it's a criticism... Self-crit. Uh, it was absolute. It's absolutely a criticism that I've leveled at the at the October Revolution. The You need a highly developed productive forces and preparedness of the proletariat. In 1871, both these conditions were absent. I've made that exact same critique of the October Revolution, that they, they weren't productive, they weren't fully developed enough, they weren't, and they didn't have the support of, of enough of the proletariat. They didn't have enough cultural awareness of what was going on with the peasants. I literally made that exact same critique and said, but, and when we do it, we will need to be better. It, it, it constantly, constantly, you keep learning and you keep mm-hmm. pushing for what, what you need to do next. But it also points to, there's not going to be an opportune time where we can just plot. Where no, we, you're not going to wake up and go, oh yeah, this is, you know what, all the conditions are right for a proletariat revolution. All Let's right, revolution day, guys. Wind's push, up, revolution day. Push the revolution button. Get the sign up. It's time to go. <laughs> and send out the revolution mass text. But you look at how forward... Again, no one was ready for the Paris Commune. They did not plan it. They did not expect it. But look at how much of it obviously influenced the next... Mm -hmm. And how much the October Revolution has influenced... And Soviet Union has influenced everything else. And then the people... uh, Mao's revolution in in China. Mm -hmm. All of these... Keep pushing it forward, and Cuba, you have to. and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah the, the every, Venezuela, right? Venezuela, I mean, yeah. everything, everything mm-hmm. keeps pushing us forward. That's the goal here. Yeah, and even then, you know, I mean, let's talk about it. you know Venezuela is, it learned from these, but um, also you know they felt they had a different device going through electorally because yes. they're they. Um, um, uh, press country, you know, uh, through imperialism, yeah. they also had learned, and they're they're showing very much how they've learned the fact that they're not collapsing right now from the '73 Chilean coup. Mm-hmm. Or I said coup, coup, 
Coup. Yeah, same thing. We're talking about fucking France. I can say coup. Ah, no, you gotta get that. You gotta get that. That light pee. Coup. Coup de tête. Cadillac Coupe d'État. However, in spite of such unfavorable conditions, in spite of the brevity of its existence, the commune found time to carry out some measures which sufficiently characterize its real significance and its aims. The commune replaced the standing army, the blind weapon of the hand, that was in the hands of the ruling class, by the universal arming of the people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to say, well, what the hell was the Red Army? Where did that come from? I... <laughs> they learned I, that straight from the Paris Commune. I, it proclaimed the separation of church and state, abolished the state support of religious bodies, state salaries for priests, gave popular education a purely secular character, and in this way struck a severe blow at the gendarmes and cassocks, which yeah. is a fun... Uh, you know. So you, you close down your Christian private schools, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the purely social sphere, the commune could do very little, but this, l- but this little nevertheless clearly shows its character as a popular workers' government. Night work in bakeries was forbidden. I mean, just how, how simple of an easy fit. I mean, how monumental would that have been for for them at that time? Yeah. Um, the systems of fines that this legal system of that this system of legalized robbery of the workers was abolished. Uh, finally, the famous decree was issued in accordance with which all factories, works, and workshops which were abandoned or stopped by their bourgeois owners were to be handed over to associations of workers in order to resume production. And again, hey, you see this with the Kellogg's factory uh-huh. in, in Venezuela right now. You hey, know. guys, let's seize the means of production and give, the, you know, like, give it to the workers. Like, holy, sh- like, come on, come on. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, to kind of draw on that, too, the little things they changed. I mean, imagine, like... Uh, all these, you know, taking out small traffic violations and having cops roam the streets ready to pull you over for a brake light being out, you know. I mean, you don't think of that as, as a huge I mean, deal, but that's... Debtor, get rid live... of debtor's prisons. Ha! We yeah. win! Yeah, I mean, you know... It's a big deal. Yeah, I, you know, and, and these are reformed people are, like, trying to fight for within the capitalist system, but... And it's good that they are, but even when the capitalist system, they're, they're going to be very small wins. They're going to come organically, essentially, uh-huh. you know, in, in a socialist system. Because why the hell would you even want these things? And overnight, and flip yeah. the switch. Like, this is what not What the fuck are you going to do with a lottery or a casino if wealth doesn't mean anything, yeah. you it's, know? It's, I mean, yeah. Flip the switch. Um, again, it's not going to happen in a day, but there are some tangible... Ga- the, if the commune showed anything, it's that in three months, you can make very, very mm-hmm. tangible gains. Mm-hmm. Um and as if to emphasize its character as a truly democratic proletarian government, the co- the commune decreed, and this is, oh, this is a biggie, that the salaries of all ranks in the administration and the government should not exceed the normal wages of a worker. And in no case could it exceed 6,000 francs per year. Yes. The, the Napole- and we talked about this two episodes ago, I guess, now, when we were talking about Napoleon kind of codifying the, the military-industrial state. Um a lot of what ticked off the bougie uh, uh, 1848 protesters um, was not that there was a monarchy and not that there was oppression of lower classes and not that there was this 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 oppressive, completely unjust system. It was that all of them went to school under the Napoleonic system where you got a you got a Napoleonic education and civil service, and then you basically got a, a permanent job when you got out of that in the civil service doing some weird thing that you couldn't really clarify that you was just... You your way into US, UCLA, and then uh-huh. you got your, your acting job. Uh-huh. And yep. You literally were... Ba- and, and then when the, monarch, when the Second Empire took over, uh, that was gone. There was no more. When you when you dissolve that 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 system and go to a more republican system, um, that that those that administration doesn't exist. You don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so they were just kind of mad that you took their job that they had trained for and thought that they had this cushy existence set up for. Yeah. That went away. When you completely de incentivize being a public servant, when you make it where it's not something you do as your full time job and you, it's super lucrative to do. You just get people that are doing it for the right reasons, and it's amazing how easily that. They, yeah, they, I mean, th- think that about off. that now. You know, I mean, cops make more than the average person. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you took away like killing black people with impunity and making a big fat salary and being told thank you for your service and get a kiss ass everywhere you go. Uh, people would probably honestly just maybe be cops to investigate murders. Even you know? in that, though. Even uh, but more importantly, like congressmen. Like yes, congressmen make six fucking yes, figures. Yes, 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 yes. And again, more importantly, congressmen are the face of it. The system that sustains that. Lobbyists. Hi. Lobbying. Lobbyists. And the whole industry of, of and, and the support staff and the administrative staff that, that supports that system and the the... 
the the system of courts and stuff like that that exist only to mm-hmm. to you know make you can make a lot system. of money being a judge. You can you yeah. can make a lot of money doing a lot of things in this system that are not useful at all and are done strictly for status symbols and for for things of that nature and not in any means because they're 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 doing more work or less work and mm-hmm. the commune recognized that very very quickly and and slapped that restriction on that is probably one of their most famous achievements was the the complete leveling of the pay scale in that sense mm-hmm. um the bourgeois was satisfied uh, once they had got there. Now we had finished with socialism for a long time. This was after they had... Uh, oh, no, this is why. I couldn't remember why I highlighted this part. This is why. Um, it, when they came in. They crushed it. Crushing happened. It was not good. Uh, at that point, the bourgeoisie was satisfied. Now we have finished with socialism for a long time, said its leader, the bloodthirsty dwarf Thiers, after the bloodbath which he and his generals gave the proletariat of Paris. And if there is a better dunk than bloodthirsty dwarf, I mean, good God, let it... Incredibly accurate, too. Just so good on Thiers. So good. Um... The memory of the fighters of the commune is not only honored by the workers of France, but by the proletariat of the whole world. For the commune did not fight for any local or narrow national aim, but for the freedom of toiling humanity, of all the downtrodden and oppressed. As the foremost fighter for the social revolution, the commune has won sympathy wherever there is a proletarian struggling and suffering. The picture of its life and death, the sight of a worker's government which seized the capital of the world and kept it in its hands for over two months... The spectacle of the heroic struggle of the proletariat and its sufferings after defeat. All of this has raised the spirits of millions of workers, aroused their hopes, and attracted their sympathies to the side of socialism. The thunder of the cannon in Paris awakened the most backward strata of the proletariat from deep slumber, and everywhere gave impetus to the impetus to the growth of revolutionary socialist propaganda. This is why the cause of the commune did not die. It lives to the present day in every one of us. The cause of the commune is the cause of social revolution, the cause of the complete political and economic emancipation of the toilers. It is the cause of the proletariat of the whole world, and in this sense, particularly. That was... God, Lenin. Yeah. God, Lenin. You're, you're on it. Um, le- uh, next, we move on to lessons of the commune. This came... I'm always trying to... This came from... Zagranicia Gazeta. So again, another just another paper writing. This was even earlier. This was in 1908. Um, so again, for historical references, two years before he wrote what he just wrote. Um, the, what I have in here? Uh, Blanquis. We were to talk about the Blanquis. Go fuck them. Um, <laughs> it is the combination of contradictory tasks, patriotism and socialism, which constituted the fatal error of French socialists. Already in the manifesto of the International, September 1870, Marx warned the French revolution, proletariat not to be carried away by the false national idea. Profound changes had taken place since the time of the Great Revolution. Class differences had become more acute, and although at the time of the struggle against the reaction of the whole of Europe united the whole revolutionary nation, the proletariat of the present time can no longer unite its interests with the interests of other classes hostile to it. Let the bourgeoisie bear the responsibility for their national humiliation. It is the business of the proletariat to fight for socialist liberation of labor from the yoke of the bourgeoisie. That is a very important paragraph. That's yeah. a very that's and well, it's vital to everything Lenin was. Yes. Um. Now I do want to to clarify too because Please. he brought it up. Um. You know, national. I mean, nationalism is a huge thing to to like. Don't be fooled by it in in ever in, ever. You know, in this ruling class. Uh. But also, and you'll notice kind of later on in in actual real world applications of Lenin. Uh. Lenin thought very much that oppressed nations' nationalism was important. It was good. Uh, because that nationalism isn't something where you're fooled into the bourgeoisie pride and 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 benevolence in a bourgeoisie institution and being tied to your local bourgeoisie that way. Um, it's wasn't a it's not a cleaving from your working class brothers. When you stand for an oppressed nation that you're in against an oppressive nation against imperialism. It's just like the Paris Commune was really standing for themselves in Paris, but stood for all workers. You stand for all oppressed nations when you stand for that. You know, when you stand for Cuba, when you, you know, Very stood clearly for, see for Vietnam with the French, especially Vietnam. Say, yeah. Being being pro- being united around the Vietnamese nation and using that to say, and we don't need the French to be here to tell us how to do our thing. We're going to decide that on our own. Yeah. That is positive. That is a positive use of that. Yeah. I mean, if you if go back and I see, like, you know, Syria getting attacked by the United States, and not me, I mean, usually Syrians, but yeah. they have that national, like the SAA 
has that national pride to save themselves from, you know, ISIS attackers in America coming down. They're standing for all oppressed people against the United States. They're not yeah. they're not standing for like, you know, Syria uh, against, you know, Lebanon. I mean, that's that's not what's happening, you know. So yeah. that's it's a very different nationalism. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely different in the in the in this time again, the, the big the big European powers, you know, the Germans, mm-hmm. Italy's England, all of that. So that, yeah, in this very, case, we're, they're talking about they were mistakenly standing. We talked about against Prussia. Yeah, you know. So uh, although the socialist proletariat was divided into many sects, which we've gone over, the commune was a brilliant example of the capacity of the proletariat to unite for the realization of democratic tasks to which the bourgeoisie could only pay lip service. Hi, Bernie and. AOC and all the rest of you. Hi. Without any special complicated legislation, ooh, the proletariat, which had seized power, carried out, and simply and practically the democratization of the social order did away with the bureaucracy and had all elected officials elected by the people. Period. Mm. But two errors robbed the brilliant victory of its fruit. The proletariat stopped halfway instead of proceeding with the expropriation of the appropriators. Bank. I know, yeah. Hi, Lenin. I, yeah. I got Lenin on my team. Yeah. Uh, it was carried away by dreams of establishing supreme justice in the country based on the common national task. For instance, institutions such as the bank were not seized. The theory of the Pudonis about equitable exchange, etc., still held sway among the socialists. The second error was the unnecessary magnanimity of the proletariat. Instead of annihilating its enemies, it endeavored to exercise moral influence over them. It did not attach the right value to the importance of purely military activity in a civil war. And instead of crowning its victory in Paris by a determined advance on Versailles, hey, all right, he, you, you yeah. it has it. He put bank first. It hesitated <laughs> and gave time to the Versailles government to gather its dark forces and prepare for the bloody May week. He didn't rank them. He did, too. He said one first. That means it's more important. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, again, that is a very... That's Lenin uh, very clearly articulating what yeah. these errors are and where, where they saw where and, they saw it came from. And like I said, you know, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, I huge... Truster and Lenin on this, huge truster and Marx on this. Um, we can make our own analysis. It's hard not coming to the same They're conclusions. They're both wrong. There is no ranking here. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, but no, right. I, no. I, but what I'm saying is, is, is universally those are the two mistakes. Yes. I mean, no one who has a correct assessment of the, I'd say correct, a complete, a, con, a contextual assessment of the Paris Commune thinks those aren't the big two. Yeah. <laughs> Bearing in mind its lessons, the proletariat knew that it must not disdain peaceful weapons of struggle. They serve its everyday interests, they are essential during the the preparing of revolutions, and neither must it ever forget that under certain conditions, the class struggle assumes forms of armed struggle and civil war. There are times when the interests of the proletariat demand ruthless annihilation of its enemies in open battle. The French proletariat was the first to demonstrate this in the commune, and it was brilliantly confirmed by the Russian proletariat in the December insurrection. Again, this is 1908, 1905 already happened. Yeah. Um... The magnificent insurrections of the working class were crushed, but there were un- there will be another insurrection in the face of which the forces of the enemies of the proletariat will prove impotent. An insurrection in which the socialist proletariat will be completely victorious. He wrote that in 1908. You don't oh, think yeah. he knew what he was doing, guys? Oh, yeah. I mean, he very much saw. He And, and, and he, I think he distinctified this at some point, you know, where we were talking about, you know, 1848 was, was a bougie revolution. Uh, but it was also, in a sense, because you can see the workings and the machinations, the people starting to care about the structures. And Marx declared it very much the first like people's revolution, and it culminated in the first revolution of the people with the Paris Commune. Uh, and that's why you know those two are so closely tied together. Uh, 1905 and 1917 are, are the same thing; they're tied together. 1905 was the beginning, and so Lenin could see like he saw 1905. That was a people's revolution. That was our 1848. Yep. Our, our, and he didn't know 1917 at the time, <laughs> but our 1917 is coming. And yep. he, he didn't know it was going to come and, and split in two. And he didn't know it was going to come, you know, exactly nine years after he wrote that and exactly 12 years after 1905. He didn't know he was going to come out the leader of the, the nation afterward, although he certainly cared about his input. Um, so and why are you why are you deadening it when I'm just going to want to say that he Babe Ruth just pointed the bat to the outfield and called a shot on this one? Come on, great man, great but, man theory. No, but sorry. but he 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 knew exactly. I mean, he saw yeah. like we're in the midst of a people's revolution. And the next this is going. To, the next one is coming. And boy, he was a little right. He was a little right. And if you don't feel it in the air tonight, Phil Collins. Uh, we, <laughs> 
So next, uh, that, that completes that particular work. The next one is Marx's estimation of the commune. This is taken from, oh, oh, I had it. This is taken from Lenin's introduction to letters to Dr. Kugelman. Um, so again, this one we do a lot less because this is very much Marx. It's very important, um, but it is it's just kind of a, an assessment here. The part that I loved from this, again, this is just rehashing everything we've said. Mm -hmm. What did Marx think the failings were? We've talked about them ad nauseum at this point. Um, but we get into, the big one in here was uh, Lenin dunking on Plekhanov. Uh, it was the distinction between Plekhanov looked at 1905 and leading up to 1905, said, arm yourselves, take up the arms, be ready to fight the fight. And then as soon as 1905 failed, he's like, no, guys, we shouldn't have fought. We, no, we shouldn't have actually taken up arms. What are you doing, you fools? Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the contrast of Plakhanov and Marx here, where Marx said the exact opposite. He was trying to give them what he thought was, look, try and keep this alive. Don't. This isn't the fight. This isn't the one to pick. But as soon as it happened, he was full bore in ready. ready he to was go. on board. He, he was, was on their side. Them this is the people. Fuck yes, we're in. Yes. Support these guys. So apparently Kugelman replied to Marx with some expressions of doubt um, about the hopelessness of the business uh, compared with the re realism and romanticism. Basically, Kugelman's like, yeah, but they were doomed to failure. Why would we even try this? Like, this is silly. Like, come on, be realistic, Marx. Mm -hmm. um, at least he compared the commune, the insurrection, with the peaceful demonstrations in Paris in June 13, 1849. So, again, when they got out and marched around, but, you know, nothing actually happened. Immediately, Marx reads Kugelman a severe lecture in April 17th, 1871, he writes, World history would indeed be very easy to make if the struggle were taken up only on condition of infallibly favorable chances. Mmm. <laughs> Marxy, Marxy, Marxy. <laughs> you give me a couple. That's a you super You always give dime. me a taste. It's, uh, but no, it is, it's perfect. You, you're not going to get to pick your place. You're not going to no. get to pick your battle. It's going to get thrust on you. You just, all you, you can do, all you can do leading up to it is prepare as if it's tomorrow. Do everything you can to prepare as if it's tomorrow, because that way when it happens, we're ready. So educate like it's tomorrow. Educate like, you know, be ready for this kind of stuff. Um, and don't just assume that somebody else is going to take care of it. You just can't. It, it, the, the situation will get thrust on somebody. Make sure as many people are ready to take it as they have to be. Mm -hmm. uh, we skip then to... Jumping forward, supplementary explanation by Ingalls. Uh, this is um, from Ingalls, the housing question. Um, Marx gave the... And this is from... Lenin talking about angles, the housing question. I feel like we've got a portrait within a portrait within a portrait here. It's getting, <laughs> it's getting pretty pretty removed. Uh, Marx gave the fundamentals on the question of the meaning of the experience of the commune. Engels returned to the same question repeatedly, elucidating Marx's analysis and conclusions, sometimes so forcibly throwing other sides of the question into relief that we must dwell on these explanations separately. Uh, that together with the abolition of classes, the state will also be abolished, Marxism has always taught. The well-known passage on the withering away of the state in the anti-during does not blame the anarchists for being in favor of the abolition of the state, but for preaching that the state can be abolished within 24 hours. Again, we kind of talked we about talked this about early in, in chapter, or chapter one or chapter, chapter one, two? I think. Chapter, chapter one, one, yeah. Um, but again, just going back, there's a little bit more of that polemic against the anarchist. Ah, here's what I wanted. There was this. There's this fun long one here. Um, so this is all angles. Angles ridicules the muddled ideas of the Proudhonists who called themselves anti-authoritarians, i.e. they denied every kind of authority, every kind of subordination, every kind of power. <coughs> Engels. <laughs> the anti-authoritarians demand that the political state should be abolished at one stroke, even before the social relations which gave birth to it have been abolished. They demand that the first act of the social revolution should be the abolition of authority. Have these gentlemen ever seen a revolution? Revolution is undoubtedly the most authoritarian thing possible. It is an act in which one section of the population imposes its will on the other by means of rifles, bayonets, cannon, etc. By highly authoritative means, and the victorious party is inevitably forced to maintain its supremacy by means of that fear which its arms inspire in the reactionaries. Would the Paris Commune have lasted a single day had it not relied on the authority of the armed people against the bourgeoisie? Are we not, on the contrary, entitled to blame the Commune for not having made sufficient use of that authority? And so, either or. Either the anti-authoritarians do not know what they are talking about, in which case they merely sow confusion, or they do know, in which case they are betraying the cause of the proletariat. In either way, they serve only the interests of reaction. Oh, Ingalls. Oh, yes. Ingalls. 
Oh, that was again. That was on out of on authoritarianism. That like, was where did he pull that from? I'm pretty sure that's out that, of on authoritarianism, I, I believe, which is about a page against and the a half. Anarchist. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Uh, yeah. It could have been. It was either that or on the housing question. But yeah, I, I think I've already mentioned uh, through this book that that, that that's something we want to read. Maybe and, we can audio record it. Maybe we can just yeah, encourage people to do it. If it's the rest of that, if it's all like that, who? Yeah, uh, I, believe, I, th- I think that's I think that's the crescendo paragraph of that. And I believe but there it's, are large. It's not of, long and it's very good. I think there are parts of that that are actually quoted earlier in State and Revolution as well. So this yeah. may be the second time we've read that. I don't care. It's freaking brilliant. It'll get it, read as many times yeah. as, as possible. Yeah, keep that keep oh, that paragraph. Just sew it into your head oh, and never so let it out. And again, and again, no. I, again, I get. I, I don't get. I mean, I guess anarchists are well-meaning. But at a certain point, it's like dangerously well-meaning because, damn it, if you don't have the right end goal, you're da- you're more dangerous than the other side. I can fight the other it's, side. It's and 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 this is why you know we talk about how bad like Orwell is or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's fear behind the door. Okay, you know where you are is bad. You know you're going to die. Everything that you know that you know tells you that the other side of that door is refuge. But what if you open the door and there's a killer in there? <laughs> it's the, and wait, so they're so a, afraid of opening that door. You if can have a, a boat. There. You can have a boat, or you can have the mystery box. What? No, we take the but. But the mystery box. It can have anything. You can have a boat. Right. And, right. I mean, it's, it's but that's that, to them. To them, and, and that's kind of the you know the opposite, the inverse of their idea know, is is, is the revolution is the mystery box, right? It, or the revolution with any kind of authority to uphold it is the mystery box. If you do any authority, it's the mystery box, and the mystery box can always go wrong. Why would they give you the mystery box? You know, and and so I get that that idea, but it's like if your choice is maybe death, but probably not. In fact, probably everything you wanted or definite death. You know, they, they, I mean, they, they, the natural human inclinations, unfortunately, stick with the death you know instead of the one yeah. you don't. But, but the one you don't should be the obvious answer. And yet, you know, I mean, you trying to get the best of both worlds, trying to think, well, what if I get rid of both sides and then I get rid of all of the death? Well, no, because then who's going to protect you from the death? It's, it, it is, you know, this is why, why do we, we not have women have babies, cut the umbilical cord and walk the fuck away? Yeah. Like at some point, some you you need to defend yourself from from someone more powerful. And unfortunately, I don't I don't want to sound um, like demeaning, like a um, what's what's the word? Um, uh, Paternal paternalism. I don't want to sound paternalistic. Ooh, um, I didn't want. Look at me. Yeah, uh, in the sense that you know, like oh, you can't take care of yourselves, and people can't. People can, but. You have to recognize differences in power, and the only allegory in a single person I can think of is a child versus a parent, because otherwise, you know, where are you not going to have the power? And you don't right? even need to allegory it that hard. The Paris Commune is your example. Yeah. You, if if you think for a second that you will revolt and just sit off and you will succeed and you'll have your little state and they will be okay with that, they won't. They will come and kill you. Yes. And if you're not prepared to do some killing back, or at least have a structure in place to defend yourself from getting killed. You are a freaking idealist. Well, I'm sorry. This is just wildly, well, wildly idealist. And on top of that, like like Engels correctly said, you know, even the authoritarianism within the commune is why they they did it. You yeah. know, I mean, what if 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 you know you go and have an election and the actual people have real power and just truly electing a representative? It's actual democracy. One not one. yeah, one to one. I mean, not not this like bougie shit show but actual democracy right and 60% of people vote for this dude and that's the best leader that's the people's leader how are you going to get the 40% not to go well fuck you I'm not listening to you I'm going to do what the hell I want you have to have some level of authority until until the, the classes yeah there until is classes clear... dissipate and, and everybody realizes this truly uh, once once there are such things as solutions that are in everyone's interests then you don't have to enforce it because the solutions are in everyone's interest. But to but think that to, that's going to happen overnight. No, yeah. I mean, you have ludicrous. you have to get rid of class, and you can't snap your fingers to get rid of class. No. So the next one is a little bit less to do directly with the commune, but I'm sorry uh, if if I've said anything about uh, the same revolution to this point. It's that it is 
well, Ricardo was our enemy in, uh, in Capital. <laughs> Kowski is our, our nemesis here. Yes. And this is just a, just a series of delightful dunking on Kowski <laughs> that got put in this book, and so it deserves to be read to you, damn it. Um, so section five, the commune and democracy. This excerpt is from the proletarian revolution and the renegade Kautsky. Um, oh yeah. How Kautsky changed Marx into a deceitful liberal. <laughs> My tales of summer camp. The Paris commune was a dictatorship of the proletariat, but it was elected by universal suffrage without depriving the bourgeoisie of the franchise, i.e. democratically, scare quotes. Kautsky is elated. The dictatorship of the proletariat is, for Marx, a condition which results necessarily from pure democracy when the proletariat forms the overwhelming majority. This argument is so amusing that one almost suffers from an embarrassment of riches from which to attack it. First, it is known that the flower of the bourgeoisie, its staff, its upper strata, had all run away from Paris to Versailles. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. There at Versailles was also the socialist Louis Blanc. Which circumstances, by the way, proves the falseness of Kautsky's assertion that all schools of socialism took part in the commune. Um, is it not ridiculous to represent as pure democracy with universal suffrage the division of the inhabitants of Paris into two belligerent camps, in one of in one of which was concentrated the entire militant and politically active section of the bourgeoisie? Okay, read that twice because it didn't make any goddamn sense the first time. Uh, it got there the second time. Y'all, y'all come with me on this on this journey. Second. The commune was at war with Versailles as the workers' government of France against the bourgeoisie government. What had pure democracy and universal suffrage to do with it? If, if Paris was deciding the fate of all of France. When Marx gave us his opinion that the commune had committed a mistake in failing to seize the Bank of France, eh, belonging to the whole of France, did he base himself on the principles of the practice of pure democracy? Obviously, Kautsky was writing his book in a country where the people are forbidden by the police to act or even laugh collectively. Else, Kautsky would have long since been annihilated by ridicule. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, Lennon! Give me some salve for this burn! God! I beg respectfully to remind Mr. Kautsky, who knows Marx and Engels by heart? of the following evaluation of the commune by Engels from the point of view of pure democracy. I don't think we put enough attention to the dig of who knows Marx and Engels by heart. It's so good, though. It's so good. And the part, the next part is literally the last paragraph we just read about authoritarianism from Engels, so I'm not going to read it again. I should. I should read it every day for the rest of your life. You should just listen to it when you wake up in the morning. But God, it's good. Here you have pure democracy. What ridicule Engels would have heaped upon the head of that vulgar petty bourgeois, the social democrat in the French sense of the 40s of last century and in the European sense of 1914 to 1918, who would have talked about pure democracy in a society divided into classes. But enough. It is impossible to enumerate all the absurdities uttered by Kowski since every phrase of his contains a bottomless pit of apostasy. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Lenin! Marx and Engels have analyzed in the most detailed manner the Commune of Paris, showing that its merit in its attempt to break and smash up the existing state machine. Marx and Engels considered this conclusion to be of such importance that they introduced it in 1872 as the only amendment to the partly obsolete program of the Communist Manifesto. Marx and Engels showed that the Commune was abolishing the army and the bureaucracy, was destroying parliamentarianism, was wiping out the parasitical incubus, the state, and so forth. The all-wise Kautsky, pulling his nightcap over his ears, repeats the fairy tale about a pure democracy, which has been told thousands of times by his liberal... Mmm. Mmm. Just, yeah. just so, so sweet. So good in my... So good it's in my wonderful. Ears. It's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> this is the end. This will be the last part of uh, this particular episode, and it, it, it'll be the last part for a very obvious reason, but it is it is a giant wall of text. I mean, it is it is big. It's small print. Um, and it comes directly from Engels, which is why I think it needs to get read because it's not going to come back. But it's it, this is literally the 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 I, the bullet point. What did the commune do? What were its list of achievements per Engels? And so whether this gets cut or not, I don't know. <laughs> but oh, we can't uh, but, cut Engels. But here we go. Angles. The Paris Commune was elected on March 26th and proclaimed on the 28th. The Central Committee of the National Guard, which up to then had carried on the government, handed in its resignation to the National Guard after it had first decreed the abolition of the scandalous Paris morality police. On the 20th, the commune, or on the 30th, the commune abolished conscription and the standing army and declared that the National Guard, in which all citizens capable of bearing arms were to be enrolled, was to be the sole armed force. 
They released the citizens from all payments of rent for dwelling houses from October 1870 to April 1871, taking into account amounts already paid in advance and stopped all sales of articles pledged in the hands of the municipal pawn shops. On the same day, the foreigners elected to the commune were confirmed in office because the flag of the commune is the flag of the World Republic. On April 1st, it was decided that the highest salary received by any employee of the commune and therefore also by its members themselves might not exceed 6,000 francs. On the following day, the commune decreed the separation of church and state, the abolition of all state payments for religious purposes, as well as the transformation of all church property into national property. On April 8th, this was followed by a decree excluding from the schools all religious symbols, pictures, dogmas, prayers, in a word, all that belongs to the sphere of an individual's conscience. And this decree was gradually applied. On the 6th, the guillotine was brought out by the 137th Battalion of the National Guard and publicly burnt amid, amid great popular rejoicing. On the 12th, the commune decided that the column of victory on the Palace Verdome, which had been cast by, from the captured guns by Napoleon after the War of 1809, should be demolished as a symbol of chauvinism and incitement to national hatred. This decree was carried out on May 16th. On April 16th, the commune ordered a statistical registration of factories which had been closed down by the manufacturers and the working out of plans for the carrying on of these factories by workers formerly employed in them who were to be organized in cooperative societies and also plans for the organization of these cooperatives into one great union. On the 20th, the commune abolished night work for the bakers and also the workers' registration cards, which since the Second Empire had run a monopoly, been run as a monopoly by nominees of the police, exploiters of the first rank. The issuing of these registration cards was transferred to the mayors of the 20 districts of Paris on April 30th, commune ordered the closing of the pawn shops on the grounds that they were a form of individual exploitation of the worker and stood in contradiction with the right of the workers to their instruments of labor and credit. On May 5th, it ordered the destruction of the Chapel of Atonement, which had been built uh, in expiration of the execution of Louis XVI. That is the uh, is the one page. I, we could honestly probably just uh, cut the entire last episode where we rambled for an hour about the, the half an hour about the commune <laughs> and just replace it with that. Like, uh, damn it, Angles. Why, 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 why are you so good at this? But yeah, that was, that was, if you, if anyone ever asked, hey, what was the Paris Commune? That, that was the Paris Commune. They did that in a span of two months. Yeah. Two months! Yes. Don't ever tell me that we can't get Medicare for all because it's too fucking complicated. Or that we, oh, just, you don't understand the, the, the delicate political economy that only Hillary Clinton can see the 14-dimensional chess that needs to be played to get us where we want to go, guys. Fuck you. Fuck you. You can do it if you want to. Period. End of story. Including burning the guillotines down. We, we, we might need some guillotines. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm I hope, mixed on the guillotines. No, I, I hope I have emphasized enough. Uh, that the Paris Commune, and I think every single time, because I just like this phrasing of it, uh, burned that motherfucker to the ground. They did indeed. They did indeed. Uh, and I hope, when I reference that way back early in Capital multiple times, about how I don't like that symbol because of that, now people maybe understand that a little more. It does, but it's so fun. To, I, I need a more fun know. way. There's no more fun way to kill Jeff Bezos than with guillotines. I know, but that's the bougie way to do it. Oh, Even look. if we go out and we plug Jeff Bezos, don't use the fucking bougie Damn celebration it. symbol. What's the people's way of doing it? Do we sickle him? Do we use sickles? No. Do we bring them back? I think that would be interesting. I think that would be a fun way to do it. Scythes? We use scythes? I don't I know. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll come up. Th th that's your homework, guys. Let's come up with the. Let's come up with the people's way of doing this. I don't know. The commune said don't kill anybody, but they also didn't see the bank, so fuck them. What do they know? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the commune wasn't ruthless enough, but we do have the examples of the of the Soviet Union, and they did not go out and and no gulags. That's what it is. God damn it, gulags. All right, let's get gulags. Okay, that's fine. That's gulag, gulag, Jeff Bezos. That's that's rehabilitative. That's a good way to do it. That's rehabilitative labor reeducation. Yes, I'm good with that. I like it. Five year maximum sentences or go ten for, for some. Well, let's let, some no, let's not get carried away. I mean, Bezos might need. <laughs> let's not let's not get too crazy here, guys. No one was as rich as Bezos. Yeah, I'm about to say he might have served a couple. <laughs> That 
has been uh, the the entire lead up these last two hours of podcasting. Yes, uh, these last two weeks have been. Uh, if you if you have no use for this at all, and you're coming to this in the future, I'm sorry. You could just skip these if you wanted to, and just get to change chapter three if you think you're so smarty pants and know it all. But uh, it took me all of that information to really appreciate chapter three, and I have to assume that some people are coming from my side of uh, of this, where this is kind of I, your first I'm sure introduction a lot of to people, it. Yeah. So so if this was helpful for you, you're welcome. If not. Th- yeah, I spent two weeks learning it, so bam, <laughs> deal with it. If you're not, Chapter 3's next, and this episode's just about over, so you're Yep, fine. that's right. it. Bye! Bye.